You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What up, world? Welcome and all to another episode of The Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from right here as your humble host on The Ocho. It is Wednesday, August 26, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and of course, that you have a very fantastic hump day. It has been a, an interesting week, to say the least, for the Dallas Cowboys. The Earl Thomas story uh, kind of made the first couple of days feel like 10 days um that's really been the case for much of our lives for the last few months now and um it it, it kind of feels like that's that's over and done with uh, tony casillas and i got into that on a more extensive front on yesterday's episode of the 750 so if you want you can go back and listen to that you can listen to all of our wonderful shows right in one neat and compact place the blog and the boys podcast network we are available wherever you get your podcasts all major podcast platforms just search for blog and the boys subscribe if you can leave a rating write a review those things are very much appreciated and they really do help so um thanks a lot to everyone who has already done that we have a very special treat in store for you today we have a very special guest from chat sports a great friend of mine great friend of cowboys twitter tom downey tom is on twitter at what going downey he hosts a daily show every day on youtube the dallas cowboys report you can subscribe to their youtube channel just go to youtube.com slash dallas cowboys report does a great job very well put together very well edited and uh something that kind of gives you a you know a, a daily insight into what's going on in the world of america's team and tom and i we got into what's going on with the Cowboys uh, on a lot of fronts and, and kind of um, how different decisions over the offseason set them up for where they are. Uh, and of course, uh, we had to dabble in Earl Thomas. Uh, a bit of a disclaimer, we did mention this when we recorded, but I uh, recorded this on Tuesday evening uh, about 6.30 p.m. Central Time. So before the Mavericks-Clippers game, uh, I'm actually recording this part uh, as my dog uh, wants you to know. Tom's dog showed up as well. So we've got two different dogs. Uh, you'll hear uh, Tom's dog's name in a little bit, but you know little bear uh hopefully the Mavs win so game five should be interesting uh but I think this is an interesting conversation one that you're really going to enjoy so I won't waste your time anymore let's get to it from chat sports Tom Downey joins us next thanks a lot bear right here on the Ocho pleased to be joined now by the one the only the debonair the internationally famous known all over the galaxy multiple galaxies if uh, such things exist you know him the biggest dallas cowboys star on the tube of views of course from the dallas cowboys report you can go to youtube.com slash dallas cowboys report see his beautiful face like i can right now the one and only tom downey at what going downey on twitter tom how goes it uh, things go well back from my vacation just in time for hopefully the season to go as planned um where'd you go on vacation uh, i went back to cincinnati i actually had a uh my father-in-law at his country club had a golf tournament so i went and played 
I actually, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to start this and ask if you have, uh, if you've bought PGA Tour 2K yet. I bought it this morning. It's downloaded. <laughs> okay. Right, right on. So uh, I, um, I, I don't want to give, I hate like any type of spoilers. And so like, I hate when people okay. tell me like, you, you can start here, whatever. I'll just say this um, after a couple of days, we'll check back in because okay. I'm having a great time right now. Good. Um, Good. So um, how'd, how'd you shoot though? In Cincinnati? Uh, I was fairly inconsistent. The course, uh, played pretty darn fast a lot faster than what i remember it playing uh, match play style so we had five holes of nine uh, mostly bogey golf except for a 39 and then the final morning i went out and shot two under okay hey <laughs> the, the, not a lot of people uh would say it that cavalier you know like Buzzy. oh it's a shot two under no big deal um you know i tell you you I might could, be you might be disappointed in, in 2K then, I, I yeah, guess, if those I, are your standards. Um, I, uh, I I can say so casually because we lost, and that's all that matters. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, everything is all about the win. That's what exactly. Zeke said on Tuesday, and that's the type of football cliche, Tom, that people exactly. just, like, sink their teeth into. Uh, <laughs> what's your least favorite cliche this time of year? Oh, easy. Best shape of life. Oh, yeah. That's because. True. Every athlete is in the best shape of their life. You, you never hear an athlete come out and say, yeah, you know what? I took it easy this, this off season. I ate a lot of cheeseburgers. I'm like 10 pounds overweight. I'm not going to have a great year. Every athlete's like, I feel great. I feel good to go. Every single one. Along those lines, um, who do you feel like, based on the, the puzzle pieces we have on the Dallas Cowboys, is not in shape? Um. You know, I got a couple names, and oh, I, okay. I don't want to, like, call anyone out, so I'll just say speculation, and I'll, I'll use that as my excuse. I'm not that sure that Cam Irving and Lael Collins are in the best shape of their lives. Like, they, I know McCarthy keeps saying it's an injury, and maybe it is, and even if it is, it can still be the same cause, but yeah, they, they took some extra time to, to get back, so that's yeah. suspicious. I am with you on the Lael thing. Um which is weird because um, I feel like I feel like if you if you sort of look at Cowboys who lost stock last year, I think mm -hmm. the two that lost the most stock are Jalen Smith and Jason Witten, mm -hmm. um, just based on how people perceived them a year ago. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to say Lyle's a candidate for that, but I think he might be because his he's like the opposite end of that spectrum. Like a year ago, it's like oh okay, whatever they extended Lyle, and then it was oh my gosh, that turned out to be this massive bargain, mm -hmm. and a year from now if he's not in proper shape at the moment like mm -hmm. you are speculating i was just you know yeah. going off your line of thought um he could be that guy you know what i mean yeah and even if if collins has like a top 10 right tackle year which i i still think he's going to i don't don't want anyone to think that like i think he's going to be terrible so i still think he's going to have a really good year he could have a top 10 season will be like yeah but it wasn't as good as last year you know mm -hmm. That's true. Um, okay, Tom, I want to get into it, but I want to ask you a question that nobody's ever really been able to answer for me. Um, uh -oh. I, you know, but it's kind <laughs> of um, existential, I think. But okay. so you've heard the term, this is another cliche, this is a loaded roster, right? Like this, mm -hmm. this roster is loaded, whatever, blah, blah. And obviously they had a great draft. They had, I, I wouldn't even say a great free agency class, but just like a free agency class, which is very different than the Cowboys have mm -hmm. kind of operated with over the last few years. Um, but so like you're, if you're a loaded roster, you're, you know, where they were starting, you know, in March had to be really good. You know what I mean? To, yeah. to become loaded. And so my question is, 
people love to sort of uh, pick apart the team and say they're a disaster, whatever. Um, the narrative exists that Dak is not great, which I know obviously you are a champion of Dak's cause. The narrative exists, rightly so, obviously, that Jason Garrett didn't get the job done. But so there's all these, you know, it's like a circle of like whatever time of day, that's the excuse why whatever. But mm. something had had there had to be some sort of reason, some sort of justification for why they did start with that bare minimum. What would you say it was? You know, I, I think last year if we're just trying to figure out what went wrong. I think internally within that locker room, I think there were issues. I think there were issues not just amongst the players. I think there were player-coach issues. I think there were coach-versus-coach issues. I just think that, especially after, I think after that hot start, they were like, okay, we're in really good shape. Everyone was feeling confident. And they just never responded well to adversity. Like they Mm -hmm. would kind of sort of come back late in games, but I don't know if there's like one simple solution to, Oh, this is what went wrong. I think that a was clearly time for Garrett to go. That just was not working well anymore. If, if it ever worked truly well at all. I think that the schemes we got, got tired on both sides of the football. I think it's, it was just a very clear that, geez, guys, this just isn't going to work. And it was, just biding time in, until the inevitable end and the inevitable conclusion of a new coaching staff comes in, some player overhaul. And I think that, and I think I've made this point a couple of times on the show, the luck worked against them this time. Sure. Like you can go back to, and I, I might get the exact numbers wrong, but I think they were, there was something insane in 2018 of like eight and two or something. Yeah, they're like in, seven in, and one. Exactly. Yeah, in one like score in, games. In one score game. So naturally you would think, okay, you're going to win about 50%. Maybe you'll win 60 or more if you're a good team or not. Mm-hmm. And then they went like 0-6 oh, in, in yeah. seven-point games, I think, I think was the qualifier there. It might have been like 1-7. Just a complete 180. So I think if they just find the middle ground and then go around 500, all of a sudden we're looking at a 10 or 11-win team. And now we're feeling a lot more like we did entering the 2019 campaign. I agree with that. I think, and I remember making this point a year ago after the 2018 season. Mm. Uh, if you all remember, they beat Detroit on a last mm. second field goal after that mm. Zeke catch set them up. They mm. beat Atlanta on a last second field goal. That was when their mm. run kind of started. Uh, and then they beat the Eagles uh, at home off the Amari Cooper fluke tipped mm. pass, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, right there, you know, those are three wins that, that you know, swing the other way 50% of the time, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, but whatever. People are hives, and I don't want to poo-poo that too much, but I do think it's, yeah. it's interesting. Um, so in the spirit of people being hyped, Tom, um, what – Cowboys players. Um, I know your dog probably has a thought. Yes, um, I'm sorry. He's, no, it's the, okay. The, the wife is coming home, and he gets he gets scared at first. No, so. the um, <laughs> the work from home life is is very real, and uh, my dog has made many an appearance, and uh, you know we just roll with it. What's your dog's name? Finn. Finn. Yes. Like F I double N. Yes. The the wife. Is he an author? Uh, he is not. He is a uh, just absolute coward of anything new. Uh, but I love him. Uh, named after my wife's maiden name was Finley. So okay, cool. Kind of kept it in the family. Right on. Um, that's that's well done. And it, I mean, he's got your last name, so that's like you know total harmony right there. So she's um, not home. So I'll, I'll say this before before she hears it. Um, she took him to the vet for the first time when, when we got him, and she kind of um, panicked, I guess, when they asked uh, his name, and responded with Finn Finley. As, oh. as his name so 
So now it's it was, like a that's like a pet name for your yes. Yeah, so we have now, I have since changed it uh, in in the in the records to make it. <laughs> oh Finn wow! Finley, so it, was, it got like documented that way. Yeah, it was wow. documented as Finn Finley, and I'm like, I I love you, sweetheart. That was that was pretty funny. <laughs> wow, well done. Uh, shout out to Finn then. Um, yes. so I tweeted about this, Tom, and we got some responses. But mm-hmm. who who are the Cowboys players that you feel justify the most hype? Um, as of the last week of August. I mean, I'll be kind of general to start and then I think we'll kind of work our way through the the particular names I am very excited about this offense and the passing offense in particular I I love the the receiver trio of Cooper Lamb and Gallup I never thought Lamb was going to be there for the first time in years they actually took the guy I wanted when when he Blake Jarwin especially from a national media perspective is very much being overlooked Um, I think he's going to have a nice year Zeke and Pollard, you both know, can contribute in the passing game. Maybe I got a little bit of worries at that left guard center spot just with, with some turnover and injuries, but I, I saw a passing offense that had Im- immense success last year, and maybe the yards dip a little bit. Since in theory, special teams will be better, and they don't have to go as far. Right. But I think the red zone is going to balance it out. I fully expect a top-five passing offense this year, especially with McCarthy and Moore at the helm. I am super pumped about that. Okay, so then the offense as a whole, um, yeah, I guess, I'm, I'm is, is, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think mm-hmm. not to sh- like switch or shift the subject, but mm-hmm. who do you feel like, because I feel like we can talk ourselves into any player, right? Like we can say, oh, yeah. oh Connor Williams, like, yeah, I'm with you. Obviously, that, that position is a bit of a question mark, but, you know, he's playing next to Tyron. It's, it's year number three for him. This should be a stab. He's coming off the injury, has all this time. Like we can, mm-hmm. we can sell ourselves on any player. Who do you think we've sold ourselves on too much then? Like, who, whose Kool-Aid are we drinking too much of? That's a good question. Um, I'm always a little skittish on first-year players, but I love CeeDee Lamb, so I'm, I'm not going to go that route. Um, I'd say of the options, the only two spots that I really have genuine concerns are are left guard and center. So I, I feel like that's the, the cop-out answer almost. So I'm, I'm actually going to go with Jarwin, who yeah. – I like a lot. I have never, ever in my life said a bad word about him at any point. Never thought he should have been just completely ignored from the team. Obvious sarcasm, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think that some of the expectations out there are he can instantly become a legit number one right. starting time, which, which I think he can be. But, and I, I do think Witten held him back. I'm just not convinced we're going to get like 700 yards out of him. I, th- I think what we might see from Jarwin is very inconsistent games of, you know, one week he just has against the Giants probably because, you know, they can't stop tight ends and never will be able to. He'll have like 100 yards and two scores or something crazy, and then he'll just kind of, you know, disappear at various weeks. I feel fine about Jarwin. Um, I have him in a dynasty fantasy league. I'm just not quite sure he's, like, going to have the immense production because there are so many options for this team. I agree. And I think you mentioned the Giants. He had the long touchdown against them on the road there last year, the Black Cat game Mm -hmm. on Monday Night Football. I think people (laughs) think he is going to be the guy from the game in New York two years ago, the three touchdown game. And and, and so that's what people sell themselves on. But Mm -hmm. I think the way I've characterized this before, I think if we're we're calling this team starters, who they are at 11 personnel, Mm -hmm. if, if the average Cowboys fan of those 11 players ranked, um, the, the order that they would buy team jerseys in Blake Jarwin might be last. I, I completely agree. 
that's weird to me because I yeah. think you, you get people that are like, oh, Joe Looney's cool. You know, like I'll, I'll buy a He's Joe funny. Looney. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so, you know, like I, I think that that's just kind of what it is. Um, yeah. But I don't know. So maybe Blake Jarwin is is overhyped. I don't know. Um, but then to see, like, again, you can talk yourself into, well, he'll benefit from the fact that, you know, Amari and Michael Gallup and CD Lamb are running around. CD, I think wins this, this, that was every response. Everybody said, I'm most hyped about CD Lamb, most hyped, yeah. blah, blah. Um, what would be a disappointment for you? Um, a barring injury. Yeah, of course. I, I think if it's, you know, he struggles with drops or he struggles mm. with, with, with press coverage, which I, again, I'm, I'm buying this offense. So I, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Jarwin's going to be bad by any means, but I'm trying to like find potential blind spots, if you will. If he comes in under 650 in terms of yards, I'd be really surprised and, and really disappointed. I think that 700, 800, which is a lot for a first year player at receiver in almost all cases, if he comes in below that, I'd be pretty disappointed. I think, you know, um, we had a tweet from the blog and the boys account mm-hmm. on Tuesday um, that was kind of joking about CD lamb as offensive rookie of the year. And some <laughs> Eagles fan responded with a, a pretty rational take in that. I don't know if CD wins offensive rookie of the year, because I don't know that the opportunities will be there that would necessitate him having the mm-hmm. success that would merit that award. Yeah, I think like Henry Ruggs just goes off in, in garbage time, you know what I mean, or whatever for the Raiders, uh, or Jerry mm-hmm. Judy does something like that, or, or one yeah. of the quarterbacks, whatever, Joe Burrow, kind of just what if we're talking non quarterbacks, I think that yeah. CD's team will have the most success, and he's part of a platoon that is also going to feature success for other people. So it makes it more difficult for him in that regard. I, I completely agree with that. CD Lamb had been taken by Vegas in round one. I think he would have been the very clear, at least for me, obvious, you know, non-quarterback, top receiver type guy, because the the volume was going to be there as like the clear-cut number one right. guy. And yeah, I know McCarthy believes that there's more or less three number one receivers on this team, and I more or less do as well. But the volume isn't going to quite be the same. And heck, you could have a, a scenario where if everything goes according to plan and the Cowboys offense is great and they're, they're doing the fourth quarter up big and they're just feeding Zeke late and Pollard late. Cause the game's out of hand. I mean, you could have a scenario where guys like rugs and Judy and even Justin J- Jefferson from Minnesota and Jalen Rager out in, in Philly end up getting a, a higher volume of right. targets just because the opportunity is there relative to their own, you know, cores. That's a really interesting way. I know a lot of people have looked at, um, you know, like two years from now mm-hmm. when the Cowboys can get out of the Amari Cooper contract and Michael Gallup's mm-hmm. eligible for an extension. It's mm-hmm. interesting to consider what CD's mm-hmm. resume might look like at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, another answer that we got a lot, Tom, uh, well, somebody said that they're high for the season starting, which we're yes. almost two weeks away from. It doesn't yeah. feel that way uh, for it's obvious there's, reasons. There's no preseason. It, it, it feels like we're still in training camp and like next week the, the preseason game, games begin. But yeah, 2020 has been weird. So, have you given consideration, Tom, to your um your sort of ideal fall meals this this fall? Because you're you're a big golf fan as well. We got the Masters. We got a lot of lot of things, and we're gonna have to coordinate our weekends very thoroughly. Uh, and that includes, you know, if, if you're making stuff yeah. in the crock pot, you know what I mean. Like you're gonna have to time things the right really way. Have you have you given this any thought? I haven't given it any thought whatsoever. I don't I don't eat well. I don't. Like I just kind of, especially what's on your, game days. Like what's I your just, favorite fall meal? How about like, it's, it's a little chilly outside. You know what I mean? Like what's your, you know, yeah, what do you crave? My, my wife makes a great pot roast. I'll tell you that. 
Okay. That's, that that's always a, that's always a good choice because it, it tends to hold up pretty well too. Sure. You throw like some Cholula on there, or you just just go with the the self made kind of juices and stuff. Uh, we typically just go with with the juices. Some okay. Red wine gets poured in. There. Oh, okay. Yeah. The Downey household. You know, Finn must eat well those days. Um. Well. <laughs> um. So another answer we got a lot. Um. Was the pass rush. This mm. is kind of, I think, the Blake Jarwin of defense because this I think has, we yeah, are this. really. I don't. I, I. I'm careful to say we're overhyping it because that kind of feels like undercutting it. Um. But we are like, you know, it's it, we're like we're driving on the highway for the first time. You know what I mean? And it's like, whoa, we can go 60 miles an hour. That's what it feels like. And I think I think the I, I am very confident in the offense. I think the defense I would describe myself as or myself as optimistic because kind of like you said, I can talk myself into like every position on this team, <laughs> yeah. at least like, oh, they'll be fine. Yeah. And I think actually a lot of the, oh, they'll be fine rationale comes from the, the new defensive staff in there because I have I have hopes for Mike Nolan to be creative, to, to, to disguise the coverages, to be creative with, with the blitzes. I, I even after last year, I, I've always felt confident that Demarcus Lawrence is going to be fine. Yeah, right. he had a down year in terms of sacks, but there were a lot of barely missed ones. His pressure rate was still pretty good, and you know, as, as a lot of our friends on Twitter say, sacks are, are a quarterback stat. It can be a little bit inconsistent on defense. So I was never worried about Lawrence. I was always worried as to okay, who's going to be the other guy to step up. And you know, for a while there, it was. Well, maybe it's Tyrone Crawford as, you know, just the, the dirty <laughs> That's work That's the guy. true Blake Jarwin, yeah. Exactly. For, yeah. Maybe maybe Randy Gregory gets reinstated. It's, you know, free Randy at some point soon, I hope. Um, you know, maybe Dorrance Armstrong has the breakout year. And then really since camp, you know, they, they make the huge move for Everson Griffin, which for me is where, like, okay, they're, they're going to be fine in the pass rush. And by all accounts, coming out of camp, we're going to be drinking the Alden Smith Kool-Aid now. Yeah, that is – that is maybe if I isolate the thing. So one of the one of the categories that I had sort of laid out here on my rundown was what are you surprised to be hyped about, mm. um, which is different than you know what are you hyped yeah. about. That's you know I know it's a great question, um, and I am very surprised at how confident I feel in Alden Smith. And and maybe maybe we are just drunk on the Kool Aid, mm -hmm. uh, but I I mean there are a lot of things being said to the point that it has to be true. I guess that's kind of what my brain tells me. I think that's that's at least how my optimist brain, you know, kind of kind of goes as well. Like, yeah, if everyone's saying he's good, therefore he's good. There's also the <laughs> you know the math, you know, there's the hang voice in the back of my head. Like, yeah, everyone said Lake Collins was going to be great last season too, and then that didn't really pan out quite as well. But you know, I I was always very trying to tamper down the hype train when he first signed because I'm like guys he hasn't played since 2015 mm -hmm. I have no idea what player we're gonna get but he's been out there with Lawrence on the first team and I think and I know we're not supposed to talk about depth charts and schemes and formations so whatever I think we're gonna find some very creative usage for from Mike Nolan using Griffin and Smith and and, and Tank on the field at the same time together it's I think that there's some awesome possibilities for that yeah, to me, um, I, I say a lot, like I compare a lot of things to, you know how like when, when you don't have, a, 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 you said you don't eat well, but like when you, when you don't have like dinner plans, but you're like, 
you you eat like a can of Pringles and then you're like, well, well you know, I, we, I've been there. Yeah. But and then you, you just kind of like piece together enough to like yeah. make yourself full. Um, yeah. That's how I kind of thought that the pass rush in general was going to go. Um, but it, it's kind of surprising to me. It's it's kind of like the first time I like had, I don't know, like um, like grilled zucchini. I was like, oh, so this is not just like a filler. Like this, this can be so great in, in its good, own yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so um, I don't know. And I, I, I used to think that, and I say used to, like it's been 10 years, but that Alden Smith was sort of emblematic of Mike McCarthy's uh, fingerprints on the organization mm -hmm. because it was Mike McCarthy that met with Jay Glazer in LA and everything. Mm -hmm. and, and we've talked about that, but mm -hmm. now I kind of feel, and to be clear, we're talking Tuesday night uh, about seven o'clock, about an hour, hour and a half before the Mavs play. Yeah. Um, now I kind of feel like it is the non-presence of Earl Thomas that might be the most emblematic of the say he has in the organization. And that's, that's potentially reasonable because it's, the the Earl Thomas conundrum is is a very tricky one for me to fully like have a okay this is what happened because like obviously you had the interest in the trade and clearly the Cowboys had interest there and they're willing to be aggressive and go make that move and I'm I'm not really sure how much interest they showed in free agency Earl Thomas mm -hmm. and I think. I think Steven was the one who was like, I don't want to spend the big money on a safety. I'm going to, you know, keep, keep, keep our money in the bank so we can pay the, 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 the running back. The, the, the running back. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know, forgot to pay Dak after we specifically told them, don't forget to pay Dak twice. Uh, forgot to multiple, pay Dak multiple times. Um, that's a whole different discussion that sure. we've been over many, many a time. Um, and with this one, my, my initial thought, like when I first saw the Schefter and the rap, like Cowboys are going to be in the mix. I'm like, I don't. I, I never thought that came from within the Cowboys organization. You're talking recently, though. This this most yeah, recent yeah, this, spell. This, right. this most recent spell. Yeah, I always felt that was like a the rest of the NFL thinks the Cowboys are going to be in the mix, mm. which was a perfectly reasonable assumption. And I'm pretty sure they had you know negotiations and, and you know talks, not negotiations, discussions. I should say within the organization, like okay, what do we want to do here? And I wonder if in the end, kind of like the McCarthy thing you mentioned, they don't want to bring that in right now. If this mm. had happened at the beginning of the offseason, it might have been different. Maybe next offseason, it's different. But you, have, you had a, a Ravens team, 14-2, and two, one of the, the obvious Super Bowl contenders, get rid of one of their best players. Right. That's, that's a pretty significant red flag. So – I wonder if, if the Rob Davis and, and, and the McCarthy stuff is like, let's not deal with that right now. And then you got Jerry coming out and saying, well, we haven't made up our mind. And maybe there's just some, some disagreement within the, within the, within the team right now. So I, I, I mean, this kind of ties into the, the, the biggest sort of weakness everybody identified on Twitter was, you know, the, the secondary and the safety yeah. spot specifically, especially because we've heard some, some lower quality things about ha ha Clinton Dix. Um, and, and people like when, whenever any compliment is paid to Darian Thompson, people like use that to bag on him. They're like, Oh, well, yes. if, if Darian Thompson is the best safety, then, you know what I mean? Like that becomes like such a, a like insulting compliment. Yeah. Uh, but um, what do you think then was the break point? Because you're right. The Cowboys obviously showed interest in trading mm -hmm. for Earl Thomas uh, up to the 2018 draft and 2018 season. Mm -hmm. He held out as long as he could. And I would also put it that 
you know, they showed a lot of interest in trading for Jamal Adams up to the trade deadline last year. So they clearly, as recently as October, identified that position as somewhere that they could utilize a player, at least of Earl Thomas's current caliber. So where did, where did that shift, do you think? Um, I, I don't, and I don't think, it, I'll, I'll, I'll say my answer. Um, I don't think it was the hiring of Mike McCarthy. I think it was sometime since then that the disposition changed to the point, because I do agree with you that it is no longer not, we don't want Earl Thomas. It is, we don't want him coming into what is happening right now. Yeah, I think if in terms of like the safeties in general, like this has always been an organization dating back. I'll go since Ken Hamlin, more or less. Last time wow. they spent nice. Also, also from Seattle, by the way. Yeah, that was like the last time I remember them like actually investing in a safety that that, wow. that wasn't a, a sixth round pick or, or a, a day three pick. Good they times. They haven't invested in the position, so I think there's an organizational viewpoint of yes we like safety sure but we don't view that as as important as some of the other spots so I think that's kind of like step one in trying to figure out this whole thing I think with with Adams there was interest I had kind of resigned myself to the fact that a the Cowboys were never going to meet the asking price for the Jets for him Mm -hmm. and b the asking price from the Jets of the Cowboys was yeah. higher because the Jets blame the Cowboys for letting all the because all the Jamal Adams stuff, all the trade offers clearly came from like the, the Cowboys side leaked it. Right. Like they're the ones who leaked all that at the trade deadline. That's how all that got out. So I think there was some bad blood between those two organizations. I think the cost got too high for Jamal Adams. I think the trade cost got if you want to go back to Minka Fitzpatrick, mm, I, I great think the point. trade cost was too high there. I think the Cowboys were you know, prepare to go for a second rounder, not a first round pick. And then with, with Earl Thomas, I kind of think the same thing happened where they had interest. Seattle didn't like Earl trying to get himself to Dallas. Right. So they kind of crossed off the Cowboys on the list. And then I think it came back to a free agency thing, which we've seen repeatedly from the organization. They have their eight ish million dollar max that if you're an outside player, they haven't seen on the team, they don't pay you. And yeah. I, I, I can't remember the last time the team went above that eight or so million dollar figure. Brandon Carr, that's the one. That's like the last time they paid a big time outside free agents. Because, yeah, that they paid Amari Cooper, but he was on the team. Right. And they paid Randall Cobb, but that was a one-year five million. They kind of paid Robert Quinn that, but that was a trade so and a restructure. So I think that's like the individual ones. And then I guess for this most recent round of Earl Thomas, I think maybe it does come back to the McCarthy and he just – I am not. I, I don't think it's an on-field thing. I don't think it's a contract cost thing or evaluation thing. I think it's a a skittishness of. I don't know if we want to bring that guy into our team right now because, I mean, the you know Ravens smart team, Neon Cowboys mostly a smart team. <laughs> right. So, if two teams do it, maybe that's not a route you want to go. And I forget. I forget who tweeted this out, but I thought it was a really good observation. John Schneider and Mike McCarthy, super tight. I yeah. don't think John Schneider's given Earl Thomas a, a glowing, you know, you know, review or whatever. So I think you've got different reasons for all of them, and it all comes back to, well, the timing or price just wasn't right. That particular line at the end makes me wonder if all other things were equal, but it was Jason Garrett as head coach instead of Mike McCarthy, did the Cowboys sign Earl Thomas? That's today like in the most recent spell that's an interesting hypothetical maybe 
Maybe, yeah. although maybe it's it's Steven kind of being like, ah, I don't know if I want to deal with him right now. Although I think if Garrett's here, they don't have Everson either. So Right. That's Oh, that's a great point. I also think, uh, before I give my answer, mm. when you look at the the resources they are unwilling to devote to safety, I think they're also unwilling, you know, obviously to devote first-round picks, but they, they evaluated Jalen Ramsey as a safety and would not spend the fourth overall pick on a safety. Um, so we know that they just, they, I mean, no way that the, the way they view it is okay. We'll trade up in the sixth round. We'll draft Xavier Woods. That is the highest price we're willing to pay. Going back to the Derwin James year. That's I a think great if point Derwin, I, I think they were taking LVE. No matter what. I, I, yeah. I, even, even if Derwin was there, I think that pick was LVE. I think they were locked in for really quite a while on that pick. And I don't think they ever brought Derwin in for a visit. So I, I think they were going LVE the entire time. So I think you're right that, over the years, this has been a team that it's just not how they view view the spot. I agree. Um, so I agree generally that uh, to use a Jason Garrettism, they value the current culture of, of what yeah. they've got going on, and I think that's fascinating given that Jason Garrett's gone, which means you've got a new head coach. So having a, a prominent culture in the first year of any head coach is pretty impressive. I think it's also impressive in the sense that Jason Witten's gone, longtime leader. Jeff Heath is gone, longtime leader, as much as people sort of bag on him too. Travis Frederick's gone, longtime leader. So, I mean, I think, I think for me, and I couldn't put like an exact date on it, but whatever led to um, the deck building a field and having people over to his house and whatever yeah. led to uh, the Cowboys sort of leadership group saying, let's all bubble up at the Omni. You mm -hmm. know, th those are things yeah. that I think are emblematic of the culture that is not worth contaminating. I don't know when that happened. Maybe, yeah, I think we all like tend to go into like self-preservation when, when things mm -hmm. go bad in our lives and maybe mm -hmm. the, the firing or the dismissal of Jason Garrett kind of, you know, maybe checked everybody to the point mm -hmm. they said, okay, we have to come together internally. And in a weird way, that's sort of this like beautiful, like after like the sun rising after the like yeah. horrible nights, you know, war or whatever. Um, and I, I, I agree. And I, I honestly am incredibly impressed with them, at least in the moment we're having this conversation, that they have managed to avoid the temptation that is a free Earl Thomas. Oh, I'd actually probably still do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably just do it and take that's it. That's okay. But, I, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I'm acknowledging the risk that's there. And I think for the Cowboys, and if it is McCarthy kind of having some influence here, if he is just, you know, having Steven do it or whatever the true cause is, I think there's some confidence from the mm. organization that thinks we don't need this right now. Like even, even if you want to go back to the Amari Cooper trade, that was almost bore out of panic. Right. That was a, the oh, the, God, we, 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 hit the up. we hit the upright in Washington and everything's yeah. terrible. Like we, oh no, this, this, we messed up. We don't have the receivers at all to actually compete. We got to do something. And obviously I think it worked out pretty well. I don't think the team has that same mindset. I, I don't think Griffin was a similar, but I think Griffin was a, Hey, there's some value here. Let's get this one done. Yeah. I, I think. Amari was they hit on 19 no pun intended you know what I mean yeah. like that's that's a, a high risk thing that mm -hmm. just worked out that you know and, and they landed on 21 and I think right now they're sitting on 17 and they're just okay. going to hold uh mm -hmm. on Earl Thomas a little bit different situation obviously not the perfect mm -hmm. analogy um but I guess is all this to be a long way of saying is that your biggest concern is the safety spot on the whole team 
I think I know you bagged on Lyell earlier. So, I mean, yeah, well, now, now wait, I still, I still love Collins and I definitely didn't think that the Cowboys should just move on from him because they drafted McGovern and that meant Williams was going to be a tackle and Collins was on the outs. Oh, that was a fun couple months. Yeah. Totally, totally (laughs) wrong on that one. Oops. Yeah. Um, I think the secondary in general um, is, is my concern point. And on one hand, the, I'm going to talk myself into this is, Hey, Richard is gone. It's not just going to be cover one or cover three, right. like 70% of the time or, or whatever it was. And they're, they're, they're going to disguise stuff. And new, new teaching methods means that Awuzier will now get his head around and he'll make plays on the football. And, and Jordan Lewis is going to have the breakout year. And Diggs is going to be great. Like that's, that's the easy that like, kind of talk myself into it. The, the, the scheme change comes in, and that helps maximize the players and makes up for the loss of Byron Jones. But I am worried about that because you don't have Byron anymore. I think Awuzie can be fine. I still think he's more of a number two guy. You will be more than fine with with Diggs and Brown and Lewis handling that number three role. You don't have a number one corner. I like Diggs long term. I've also seen a lot of first year corners in the NFL struggle struggle pretty badly, and it's a little bit unfair to Diggs, but he did not have a great game against. Jamar Chase. Right. Almost no one had a good game against Chase, but now he gets a chase every single week almost. So yeah. I'm I'm a little skittish about the the corners there. I think the safeties, and I am now very concerned about Ha Clinton Dix based on the reports <laughs> we've been getting out of camp. Uh, because kind of like you mentioned, uh, I do think that if Darian Thompson is your best safety, that's not that is not a good thing. Yep. That concerns me. Uh, maybe we'll see Donovan Wilson get a chance as the days go or as, as the games go on or whatever. Um, I think the scheme change, and I think we'll see more quarters coverage this year. It's two, two deep safeties. I think that will fit for Xavier Woods and whoever the other guy ends up being. But secondary is the spot that I go. Good thing the offense is good because you might be giving up some some points. Right. They do seem to hate Donovan, uh, which as an Aggie really hurts me because we, <laughs> we heard today on Tuesday that they're working Daryl Worley at safety and they're working Reggie Robinson at safety. Uh, that was something a lot of people anticipated when they drafted him. Um, but so it's almost like anybody except for Donovan Wilson can be worked at safety. Who do you think, Tom, if and we're talking of the higher profile guys, if who do you okay. who would you bet of the current Cowboys secondary is a starter next year on the 2021 Cowboys? The only one that I'm willing to to bet on is Trayvon Diggs. Okay, so I've got, I think Diggs is is maybe the the safe answer. That this second round pick, he's going to get a bunch of chances. Anthony Brown is my other one. So you you're, you're you'd bet that he's a starter next. That makes sense. If if, Especially, if yeah. we include nickel corner as a starter, sure. which I, I think we do in today's NFL, and I, I am a member of the free Jordan campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might have to be freed on a different team because See, yeah, they won't the pay Cowboys him. Paid yeah. They won't pay him. They won't pay Cheeto and Xavier Woods. I, I think they maybe no keep way. one um, and Xavier is a safety, so it won't be him. Uh, maybe, maybe they're able to get Cheeto back on like, you know, if he doesn't have like the best year, one year, pro- like, like the Mo Claiborne route, you know what I mean? Come yeah. back one more year, whatever. Um, so ironically, uh, number 24 in, in that yeah. regard. <laughs> um, okay, Tom, well, that, those are about all the major points I had. Do you have any last thoughts? Any, anything kind of tickling your brain? Any, you know, it doesn't have to be about the Cowboys, anything you just want to get out, anything you need to talk about? I mean, we're here do for we, Do we want to rant about Dak some more? I, I think um, 
Because I, I, I am, I was of the mindset, and I blame Stephen Jones for this personally, uh, for telling me at the combine that they were going to pay him, and then they didn't pay him. Um, I am of the, I am at least a little bit skittish about his long term future in Dallas. I am too. Um, I'm, I'm less skittish on the, and maybe like the immediate aftermath of, you know, no deal at the mm. franchise tag deadline in, in those immediate days after I thought that maybe the relationship had been damaged just a, a hair. Mm. Um, I no longer feel that way, or I feel maybe 5% of the way I felt in that yeah. regard. Um, mm. I, I do think they have lucked out and that they have just found the most gracious dude who wants to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys that, and I, I think that, I mean, whether you think this is brilliant or not, fairly or unfairly, they are exploiting that, I mean, to their game. I forget who also said this. Maybe it was Dave Hellman. Uh, I, I, I think it was Dave. Said that Dak is, is uniquely situated to not just be a franchise quarterback, but to be the Cowboys franchise quarterback. And I thought that was really astute and really smart. What I, I think you're right. I think the, the relationship is fine. I, totally. I don't think Dak's going to hold it against the organization. I think he handles himself so well that he's going to go about his business. And I think, I think we saw that with the, I'm going to build a football field so I can bring my, all, all my receivers in and we can train and all that. Like, that's awesome. I, I was surprised that wasn't a bigger story than what it ended up being, especially nationally. Like the, the quarterback built a football field for his receivers. Like, I don't, I don't know how common that actually is. But what concerns me is, and what I think ends up happening is, obviously he has to play this year on the on the tag. He's staring down the thirty-seven point whatever next year. So his agent has made it very clear, and Dax made it clear too. He's not taking a below market deal. Right. He's going to sit there and go, okay, I'm, uh, f- you know, minimum thirty-eight per year, and it's probably going to be more like forty. And Stephen Jones is going to go shock Pikachu face like, wait, how did it go up by so much? Because mm-hmm. I'm not convinced this organization fully grasps that the quarterback market is what it is. It's expensive. Also, it does apply to you because sometimes well, they, they think it doesn't apply to them. They don't think that extrapolating any deal applies to them. They, they don't, you know, they don't think any future market applies. They, they live in, in past market, you know, Hey, this is what so-and-so got last year, whatever. Um, I I've said, and I'm, I'm sure you agree, Tom, that in the spring of 2021, the Cowboys will offer Dak a four-year deal. They'll be like, look, dude, this is what you wanted. You know what I mean? Cause I, I truly and I don't mean to sound dismissive of the Cowboys brain trust because they've done a lot of smart things and I'm not trying to say, you know, I'm yes, smarter than true. them, but I, on some level, I actually really legitimately believe that somebody in, in some conversation said, well, let's just have him ride out the tag for one year and then we'll offer the four year deal. And so that way he'll think we're giving him the four year deal, but we're really getting five years of team control. Yeah, uh, that's, that's gonna be it. here's here's my my concern in in what happens. Continuing on with the franchise tag, if they don't get the deal done next off season, no way they tag him in year three. Twenty twenty two, right? It's like fifty something million. Fifty four. Just, just no way. So what I think ends up happening is all of a sudden it's Amari Cooper two where the Cowboys let one of their key offensive pieces actually hit the open market 
And then Dak has to make his decision of, do I want to be a cowboy? Mm. And because the Cowboys, I don't think you're going to offer the most money because they didn't with Cooper. And it's okay. Do I take the most money from the Colts, the Saints, whatever organization? The Vikings at the time. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Well, whatever it is. Or do I take a little bit less and do I stick around with the Cowboys? And it's just like Cooper and I am losing sleep over it. I do believe if if the Cowboys were to win the Super Bowl this year, I think they pay him whatever. You know, I, I, I think, think they have to. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I don't I don't think that they go because that's a that's a level of egg on their face that I don't think they could survive. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, sure. I I think that they and that in that respect, a lot of people, you know, this does feel eerily reminiscent. Although I think people think Dak is better than this player was at the time. This is reminiscent of 2012 Joe Flacco. Um, I yeah. mean, remember he he had the like I think I'm an elite quarterback comment in the mm-hmm. lead up to the season, and then you know mm-hmm. obviously won the Super Bowl and, and kind of you know whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. I think that they are, I think because that that's the exploitation of the relationship. They're they're willing to bet he loves us enough to to do what Amari did, to do what whoever mm-hmm. did, to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he, I mean, in their minds, they're like, the guy built a football field here. You know, he didn't want to have this house yeah. here, you know, when he's not here in the fall. So, yeah. Um, but I, that's a great point too, Tom, that if if Tom Brady built a field, like remember Tom Brady would take everybody to like Colorado, whatever, and, and like find just a lot and work out and it was a big deal. Yeah. That, that's amazing in retrospect. The quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys built a field mm. and that, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, that's cool. He put his logo on it. How vain yeah. of him. It's also Dak's fault for not, you know, letting it get out that that happened. Like, I think he just kind of, you know, went about his business. Also COVID, so you don't want the, the bad look. But, right. you know, all one thing's after another. But um, Well, so, um, Tom, that about does it for uh, for this, you know, discussion. But it was great. Uh, can we get yeah. a record prediction? Uh, I have been waffling between 10 and 6 and 11 and 5. So if, I, I'll, I'll, I'll rephrase it. If the over-under was 10 and a half. I, had, I felt like I was a little bit negative at points today, so I will oh. make it up 11 and 5. <laughs> okay. Um, that's, I think that is, um, is fair. Um, and I think that that's reasonable, which is very strange to see or mm-hmm. to say, excuse me, um, but we'll see. You can watch Tom every day. Every single yeah. day on the Dallas Cowboys Report, youtube.com slash Dallas Cowboys Report, on Twitter at What Going Downy. Uh, anything fun coming up, Tom? You want to plug? Any, anything uh, else? Live show on Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll do, we'll do our fun mailbag stuff. And I haven't decided what else I'm going to talk about. But season's almost here, so there's plenty, there's plenty to go with. <laughs> okay. Well, work on the menu for the fall and yeah, actually, um, work on that and, and work on uh, PGA 2K and we'll, we'll chop that up uh, and figure things out. Thanks for coming on, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of the week. Right. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Want to give a big time shout out, big time thank you, big time podcast hug to Tom Downey for taking the time to join us. Had a great conversation, I thought. Uh, really interesting. Um, and it has just been uh, quite the off season in training camp and preseason period, obviously with no preseason games for the Cowboys. The thing I feel the most uh, strongly in uh, after the conversation with Tom is, in fact, with regards to the Cowboys culture. I do believe that there is something special. Um, 
happening with the Dallas Cowboys. And I say that lightly. I, I don't mean to say this is something special, like like that's the, the first line of, of the Super Bowl DVD. I do think that they're a very close, very tight, very cohesive group. And I think that that is fundamental to any level of success, really in any walk of life, uh, but certainly in the NFL. And that's, that's fun to root for. And it's fun to watch. And so I do think this team is going to be a lot of fun for us um, to talk about, discuss, and, and root on throughout the 2020 season. Uh, but yeah, so um, great conversation there. Make sure to follow Tom on Twitter. He is at WhatGoingDownie. Make sure to go subscribe to the Dallas Cowboys Report YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Dallas Cowboys Report. While you're on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the blog and the boys YouTube channel. We put out videos all the time, different film breakdowns, game reviews when there are games, different sort of discussions, things going on in the world of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, it's football season, and so we have a lot to talk about. Of course, make sure you do subscribe to the blog and the boys podcast network. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Uh, just search for us, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, that's very much appreciated. And on a podcast front, we've got some fun stuff uh, in the works. I, I can't tell you exactly what's going on yet, but um, I, I think you'll enjoy. And so, um, you know, hey, later on today, you will have a brand new episode of Talking the Star. So look forward to that. Remember, we do give you two episodes every single day right here on the Block and the Voice Podcast Network. I am RJ Ochoa. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at RJ Ochoa. You can email me at rj.ochoa at SBNation.com. Again, recording this before game five. I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Mavericks win and go up 3-2. Let's see what happens. And, uh, oh, yeah, you do me a favor. Have the absolute best Wednesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out.